Hey everybody, welcome back to the Ecliptic Explorers Podcast. This is episode number 13. Uh, today is an episode all about the Lighthouse Retrospective. Uh, this part of the series is wrapping up today. We still have a Casa Grande's one we're doing with someone else. That'll be out in a couple weeks. But uh, today is season 4 and what we've had so far of season 5 with Nate Nomid. Uh, this was recorded a couple months ago. But it's still very valid today so I thought I'd go and upload it. I didn't want to just leave you hanging. Uh, with only three-fifths of the series, so we're going to wrap up the Loud House retrospective today before we get into the Casa Grande's one, um, and yeah, so that's where we're at, um, there's really nothing else I have planned for today, because this is so long, it's about 70 minutes long, uh, give or take, so I'm going to leave you to that, I hope you enjoy, um, watch the Casa Grande's tonight, 8 p.m. Eastern, and I'll see you in the next episode solo episode where we're going to talk about uh one of the episodes from tonight so yeah i'll see you next time i hope you enjoy this extended video with nate and omid okay so we're here with nate and omid from the fan page of the loud house and we're talking about the loud house season four and five uh so guys how are you tonight doing pretty well thank you for inviting us Red. no problem hey what's up go ahead What's up, Valkyrie Crew? How y'all doing? You know, it's good to uh, it's good to have you guys listen to our voices. You know, I know that you've been enjoying what we actually in Loud Casa Talks, and of course, we're gonna have a lot to talk about here in this podcast as well. So, shout out to Seren for having us here. I figured it was way overdue to have you both on because it's been <laughs> been a long time. I know. I mean, like, we have been in your cyber... Well, I've been in your cybercast uh, quite a bit, but, um, you know, uh, it's been a while since we ever did a recording like this, so... Yeah. yeah. Definitely definitely overdue. <laughs> I but, agree. I agree. I I'm just so glad that we're finally doing this. I am, too. It's been... I'm with scheduling. It's been very hectic with scheduling, too. Yeah, um... So, I just have a few little points that I'm using to guide these episodes. If we follow them, we follow them. If we don't follow them, we don't follow them. Um, and these are obviously going to be a little different because we're covering a season and a half of material instead of just a season. Um, so, like, for the first question, it's up to you. Do you want to pick your favorite episode from season four and season five combined? Or your favorite episode from either of them? It's up to you. Oh, um, you know what? There's quite a bit. I think we could do like season four and like we'll, we'll pick a favorite episode from season four to edit an episode of season five at the moment. Um, okay. I, is that okay, Obed? Yeah, sure. Favorite from season four and a favorite from season five. I, I'm down for that. Uh, okay. Okay. So I guess. So I guess we'll go with season four first. So, uh, Omid, do you want to go first? Because I'm still thinking about. Oh, <laughs> uh, we've been it's actually begun getting a whole lot better and better uh, over time. Um, of course, it's uh, due to uh, the Loud Sisters having much more focused episodes. It's down to, you know, Lincoln himself getting the most development. Uh, and seeing how much he has gone since season one. And of course, there's a wide variety of characters um, that do get a good amount of screen time given to them. And, you know, uh, of course, as 
of course, we got these musical numbers as well. So those are always a treat. But if I have to pick uh, my favorite season four episode, I'm going to have to say it's going to have to be uh, Don't You Forget About Me. Now, Don't You Forget About Me, um, honestly, I, I think it's the best season four episode for me because uh, not only is it um, the continuation of Lori's char- character arc when uh, she goes to college, but in a way, it's also the continuation of Lenny's character arc as well, where uh, she has to face the reality of uh, her older sister and um, her closest friend uh, simultaneously go- moving far away to a university. So uh, she's left being the older, the oldest sister of uh, her siblings, and also the fact that you know she has the room all to herself. But of course, she sympathizes with Lenny here because you know, like she, she's, she's definitely, she's scared of being lonely. She's scared of being alone um, because at the end of the day, Lori was always her closest sibling. So. Um, uh, this sort of resonates with me because uh, there were a couple of times when my brother had to uh, move out. Like uh, uh, years ago, he moved to uh, university uh, in Southern California. And just recently, he moved to uh, Nevada. He moved to Nevada. So I sort of felt what, what Lenny was feeling. And of course, um, even though what Lenny did wasn't right, you sort of understand why she had to do it. And so um, what I do like is that, you know, even though Lenny did sabot- try to sabotage Lori's chances of going to university because she wants her all to herself, I do like how at the end she does come to feel bad about it and she learns to let go. She learns to let Lori do her thing because at the end of the day is what Lori loves to do is she loves to golf. And so it gives a lesson to Lenny that um, even though um, Lori may be uh, moving away, like she, they may be far apart distance-wise, but in terms of relationship overall there's they're still going to be as close as ever so i like how it gave a more real um you know lesson for lenny to learn uh as well that um you know like even though your closest friend or sibling may be uh far from you it doesn't necessarily mean that you're not going to be friends with you or close to you anymore they're still going to be you know tight and all that stuff and I think this is one of those that really helps develop uh, Lori and Lenny's sibling relationship. I think it's one of the, the best ones for me. And of course, Ronikin, baby, Ronikin. Yeah, the side story of Ronikin is also another thing to put up in that episode. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh man, just <laughs> more of the vibes. Just those those two give off because they're just good friends and all good friends, quote unquote. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Definitely. Uh, okay. Uh, so if I were going to go picking my second uh, if, for my uh, favorite episode for season four, there's quite a lot because you just see a lot of development with with the characters of the Loud House. But I also forgot that during the first couple episodes of season four, we get uh, the Casa Grandes episodes where we get to see more focus on, you know, Ronnie Ann and the Casa Grandes because their show is about to start literally right in between season four. So I thought that that whole starting arc for the Casa Grandes was really necessary. Just the fact that we wanted to get a little bit more understanding of Ronnie Ann and the family and just every every other side character that was there in the Casa Grandes. Now they're having their own show. And I think this was just very important to have their eight episodes of the Casa Grandes and having them um, 
you know, have their having them have their episodes. I know a lot of people kind of like got upset the fact that the Casa Grandes did take over for two weeks or or two weeks at a special, but um, I think it was just necessary just the fact that like we just wanted to have more emphasis on who the Casa Grandes are and gives us a set footing when we head into the Casa Grande show because it just immediately starts from the Casa Grande's family and what they're doing, you know, in their regular time in Great Lake City. So I actually have to give my favorite episode actually to the special of the uh, of the season four, which was uh, friended with the Casa Grandes because we got a huge introduction to Ronnie Ann, her typical life where she's, you know, skateboarding and all that kind of stuff. But just the whole setting of it all, just like how Ronnie Ann is being settled in to Great Lake City, how she's blending in with the Casa Grandes. And of course, we also meet up with Sid Chang, her, now her new best friend. And, you know, it just made me happy the fact that, you know, we have Sid, who's like adorable. She's amazing. She's um, awesome and a great friend to Ronnie Ann. And the whole mission of trying to get them into, you know, into the apartment. Um, and it was just absolutely fun just to see those two, like, you know, become BFFs all of, all throughout the episode. And, yeah, the Changs are awesome, um, even though we only had, like, a little bit of a, little bit of, um, a sighting of the Changs. But just the fact that, like, we have a new we have a new character, and she's adorable, and she's going to be a huge character in the Casa Grandes, especially for Ronnie Ann. Because now she has a new BFF, and things are really cool with Ronnie Ann and, and Sid. Um, I think this was absolutely a great way to start off the whole Casa Grandes arc, which, you know, we, we get to understand more about the Casa Grandes because of uh, what this episode brought. And yeah, I, I, I was really happy with how this episode was. It was adorable. Like I said, it was adorable. It was great to have Ronnie and, and Sid just become BFFs. Um, and just a little taste of what the Casa Grandes have. And it's, um, like I said, one of my favorites for season four. And it's uh, definitely up there. Nice, man. Nice. It's up there for me as well. Good stuff, good stuff man. Yeah, yeah. I always forget. I, I kind of put all the Casa Grandes into one. So I always yeah. forget that they had an eight-episode arc at the beginning of the fourth season. And yeah, no, I know. Because I can understand it's got confusing just because it's Casa Grandes, but they are technically allowed house episodes before the show, you know, started. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah I count. I still, I count them as loud house episodes, too, because at the end, Today, it's part of the Loud House episode lineup. Yep. Right. I mean, no. With that in mind, now knowing that, remembering that the Casa Grandes have been part of a season four for eight episodes, I'm gonna have to say that my favorite is uh also friended because nice. it, it 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 introduces everyone so well, and then brings us right into uh what we have now, which is, in my opinion, I'm going to say this and probably be flamed for it in the comment sections, uh, better than The Loud House in some ways? Um, <laughs> uh, I don't know how you well we can compare it with The Loud House, but possibly. <laughs> yeah, honestly, in terms of that, like, you know, like, there are some things that The Loud House does better than The Consequences and vice versa. So, you know, to be right. fair, you're not completely wrong about that. <laughs> There, there are sometimes more enjoyable storylines with the Casa Grandes than we don't get with the Loud House. Even though season five, I'm getting ahead of myself, uh, does that much more consistently uh, now. Yeah, I, I, 
I've been always saying this too, like the whole consistency or continuity problem that we've had before in the Loud House and one like in the previous seasons. Like they're improving, I think, in this season, and it's so and it slowly graduates to like season five, what we have right now, and you can totally see that everything is actually continuing really well and having some rear consistency compared to like the other previous seasons of the Loud House. So, right, yeah, their writing team finally got <laughs> a degree in writing. They got it. They finally get what we want. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's that's what I love about both Loud House and uh, Casa Grande is, is is that like honestly like they listen to our concerns. They listen to our demands. They listen to what we have to say. Uh, coincidentally enough, Nate, um, like whenever we discuss an an issue or a problem uh, with a certain subject or topic, uh, coincidentally, coincidentally enough, um, that subject subject somehow gets resolved and it's not not and yeah that's is that kind of uh you know a coincidence kind of i'd say kind of yeah i'd say it's a coincidence um but i mean let's just go right into the next thing we'll stay with season four and then we'll go back to season five in a few minutes um and go on the complete opposite end what was your least favorite episode of the season (laughs) <laughs> I think Obito already got Ooh. his. I think Obito already got his. <laughs> um, yeah, season, season five definitely got oh, season, my least favorite right there. We're on season four. But in terms of season four, in terms of season four, we're gonna get to that too. Um, yeah, it's, it's definitely gonna be a. Uh, I'm look over and see. Uh, yeah. Ah oh, man, I mean, there's a, there's some ones that I kind of like to point out. I mean, let's just. Uh, maybe maybe I could just just go with one, but this isn't my like worst favorite. But I know everybody hates Kings of the Con. Um, it is a special, but it was more selfish moves between Lincoln and Clyde to you know get themselves into a movie. That one I think was like the worst way to actually portray Lincoln and Clyde, just because uh, you know they're just being selfish and they just want to like get themselves in a movie while their sisters is like. Uh, this is not the way I was going to see how Clinkin' McCloud, Clinkin McCloud was supposed to be. So, yeah, it gave me a bad taste of how Lincoln and Clyde are. Um, definitely not one of their favorite, not, not one of, like, everyone's favorites and not one of mine either, but it was kind of disappointing for me, too, just the fact that, um, you know, I go to conventions. I, oh, I, I feel what they do. It's just that, you know, cosplays and all the events that they have over there, it's, like, so relatable to me that I'm, like... I really do like this special just for the con aspect, not the whole story of Lincoln and Clyde trying to get into a movie. But, um, you know, that, like I said, one of my worst uh, episodes that I actually watched. But, you know, <laughs> I, I mean, have, it, there's complete opposites to this episode. Like, I, I love it. I hate it. But at the same time, it is kind of terrible, which I understand why a lot of people hate it. Um, but not, not to an extent where like some people like actually hate it and actually like bash on it and actually put it up on like Twitter and say like oh worst episode ever time to cancel the show or something or something like that. <laughs> yeah, um, no, no, they 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 over exaggerate um, the hatred of the episode like way too much. Honestly, I think yeah. now I actually you know what when I'm looking at like all the other episodes in season four maybe that could be the worst just because. You know, I come into this episode looking so, like, exa- ecstatic. Just the fact that, like, they're going to a convention. All the sisters are all dressing up. Oh, they're all in cosplay. Oh, they kind of reminds me of me when I go to conventions. But, yeah, I'm, I was disappointed the fact that uh, the story was all about, like, Lincoln and Clyde just trying to be selfish and trying to get into a movie. It's 
it's not what we're supposed to be leading on to, but yeah, like I said, um, disappointing episode. So yeah, uh, definitely one of my worst, one of the worst episodes, one of my worst episodes for um, season four. Yeah, I... Hey, um... Go ahead. With Kings of the Con, I mean, you have, as Nate said, you have people, like, really going over the top to hate this episode when it doesn't really deserve as much as it gets. Right. I mean, you can, uh... Let's... All right. Okay, um... Since I have the floor, um, I'm definitely going to say this. Now, in terms of Kings of the Con, um, I do get why. I get why people don't like Kings of the Con, but I don't know. I've always found it as a guilty pleasure of mine, uh, mainly because of the fact that it's a convention area. And just like you, Nada, uh, I'm a con goer myself. I've cosplayed uh, several times. So, you know, honestly, it's one of those that Kings of the Con, yes, it's pretty flawed, but honestly, I can't bring myself to hate it. And especially not uh, at the same level as like you know everyone else. So I'm not gonna say Kings of the Con. No, I think it's I think it's okay. It's not one of my one of the best season four episodes, obviously. But I, I thought it was fine. My least favorite season four episode though is House Flip. It, it's House Flip. <laughs> of course. Oh my god. <laughs> of course. Honestly, I do not like House Flip at all. Like, oh my. Like, what else can I say about Flip? Honestly, he's gross. He dis- he's disgusting. He's revolting to watch. Like, he serves as, like, a plot device in order to get in the way of the Louds and their goals, their missions. And, of course, in this episode in particular, he makes the Louds' life a living hell. Now, I get it. Like, technically, the Louds did run over Flip over. And instead of doing this sensible thing um, and trying to... You, you know, make them make them pay for you know their mistake. Obviously, like doing it in a telling the parents about, about it. Well, technically, the Louds didn't want him to, but like instead of taking a more reasonable approach, my God, like he literally blackmails them and he takes advantage of their kindness. Like, uh, and and the thing is though is is that. Like the execution of it, also, I feel it's just so slow. It's just so boring. It's it's so it's so predictable to watch because you know at the end of the day that the loud parents they're gonna find out what they've been doing anyway. And they're just still gonna get punished for it anyways. And a- another thing too is Flip's supposed change of heart, where he's like, "Oh, go easy on it." I'm, I'm just like, "No, I I call bullshit." Flip, you deserve so much worse, man. You deserve so, so much worse, man. You're not getting off that easy, bro. You're you're not you're not getting off that easy, man. And of course, at the end, it kind of shows how the loud parents are sort of hypocritical because too, because you know they're just as bad drivers as the kids are, and so it's a little lather, rinse, repeat sort of thing. Except it's the loud parents taking the loud um, kids' place as the ones being blackmailed by Flip into doing this kind of stuff. And I'm just I'm just thinking to myself. Wow, the irony is isn't it? Um, not a good irony, just a bad irony sort sort of way. But yeah, overall, at at the end of the day, um, House Flip was just you know just like Flip. It's gross. It's unfunny. Um, it's it's the the jokes are really slow paced. Like the plot is really slow paced, and of course, you know the episode is really predictable. Um, and all the stuff I just did not enjoy this episode. But I will say that compared to my least favorite episode of season five, this one is 
Emmy worthy by comparison. Um, and you'll see why I'm talking about it later when I get to season five. You know, we're going to season five eventually. Look, just any flip episode that we're going to be talking about, you know what means it's just going to have a huge taste, a huge bad taste on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although to, be, well, although, to be honest, like, look, look, man, look, look, to be honest, like, I understand, like, some people hate Flip, and yeah, he is disgusting and stuff like that, and his episodes are, you know, mediocre to worse, you know, in a sense, so I understand Omid's little point there, because, like, you know, every time, like, Flips gets focused, it doesn't, it doesn't actually, like, become that good, it's, like, not that good of an episode. To be right. fair, Flipmas Carol was actually, Flipmas Carol was actually decent. It was a decent uh, parody of Christmas Carol. Mm -hmm. See, that one was actually not bad. But the, but you have another one in season five you're probably going to be talking about a whole lot. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm getting my big guns ready, son. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Uh, I mean, I, I'm on the same boat. I absolutely despise House Flip for a lot of the same reasons. But um, I've actually started watching uh, Futurama recently. And the same guy that played Flip plays one of the main characters of uh, Futurama. So when Bender. I, uh, Bender. Yeah. Yes, Bender. And when I see Flip and Bender, I, I literally... It, it's... I hate it. Because Bender is a jerk in a, a lot of ways, but Flip is worse. Bender is more tolerable compared to, like, Flip to me. Right. Like... Nope. Yeah, he could be, yeah, he could be, like, a jerk, you know, sometimes when he, you know, talks and does some does his acts in Futurama. But Flip, on the other hand, I think just is disgusting. He has his jerky attitudes, but, like, uh, I can't stand him sometimes whenever he, whenever he, like, you know, has his own episodes. Right. And here's the thing. At, at least Bender is actually legitimately funny. At least Bender, um, like, Bender is a jerk, but he's a jerk with a heart of gold. And so, like, these, Bender's heart of gold moments are actually legitimate. Like, you you can actually tell that Ben Bender, even though he does bad things, you know he still does sort of mean well, and that's what makes him endearing. Flip, on the other hand, is a jerk, but you know, no heart, no heart. <laughs> At yeah. least not genuine heart. That's a pretty good description of him. Um, I mean, let me be honest. I think knowing Flip for longer than I have Bender, because I had never watched Futurama up till the point that I'm watching it now. Um, f Flip's reputation has kind of tainted Bender for me because of how much of a jerk Flip is. Ah, uh, don't think of it that way. <laughs> Bender, yeah, no, I mean, like, no. I mean, I, there's a lot of seasons of Futurama, and Bender's going to be like in every episode. Um, he's way more tolerable compared to Flip. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, trust me. Don't don't let don't let a character like Flip ruin a character like Bender for you. Okay, just. Bender deserves so much better than that. Okay. And I'm still in the middle of season one, so I still got plenty more to go with Futurama. So Bender can turn it around pretty quickly, I'd say. Yeah. I think I think like after you watch more episodes of Futurama, you should probably like Bender a whole lot more. I I think I will. It's just right now the initial shock of Oh, they're by this they're played by the same person. Wow. That's not no no don't think of it that way. <laughs> <laughs> and, and here's the thing, John DiMaggio himself is actually a very talented actor. I'm I'm actually a fan of his uh, oh, voice work, but that's the thing. He has tons. He has tons of voice acting though. I mean, like he has like he's done a lot of Disney Channel shows and Nickelodeon shows. 
Um, but like, yeah, memorable moment, memorable ones would be like Bender from Futurama, since you know he's quite memorable. He's quite uh, a popular character in Futurama. Right. Now we've talked about favorite episode and least favorite episode. Um, I'm just kind of going through these at random. What is your favorite moment of season four? Um, Obi, oh. do you want to go first? Um, sure. Now, of course, my favorite moment is this. The ending of Perfect Gig. The oh, one man. where Luna yeah. kisses <laughs> down. Of course you would. Luna has kissed. Let's go, baby. It's finally <laughs> happened. Maybe not about the myself. Luna kiss. Yes, on the cheek. Oh. oh God, yes. I I actually did a whole reaction to it. Um, it's it's somewhere in my chart, but yes, it it is just the the ending of Perfect Gig alone. Like it's just so beautiful because uh, not only was there the kiss scene, but there was also um you also see Luna and Sam like singing the lullaby, and then you see um Clyde, his dad, and uh, the cat or cats all falling asleep. And then, of course, after this, the lullaby is finished, you see Luna and Sam sleeping with each other, and their faces touch each other. Their heads touch, tilt towards each other. It's just like, oh, it's a, a perfect clothing shot. Oh. <laughs> but, but like I said, like the reason I chose um, the ending of Perfect Gig was because, as a huge Saluna fan, just seeing all these details, all these hints, like really does uh, amplify, it really does um, cement the fact that Luna and Sam are meant to be, and they should get married in the future. <laughs> Most definitely. I mean, <laughs> especially for Pride Month that we're celebrating right now. Oh, for our yes. shout-outs to them, right. yes. Um, so, I mean, you know me by now. I'm a huge fan of Lori, um, and I think uh, my favorite moment would have to be Don't you, at the end of Don't You Forget About Me. I mean, the, the whole episode itself is just more of like, you know, Lenny trying to cope with the fact that um, her roommate, her best her best sister, the, the sister that she always like hangs out with, is leaving for college, and it's pretty much going to be gone out of the Loud House. So I understand like Lenny's pain that she has to deal with, and... Uh, she's trying her best to like say hey don't let Lori into the college but of course Lori loves his college because she loves golf um I do love the last moment though where like you know Lenny did take away the scholarship from Lori and then Lori got angry and then Lenny you know you could just see from her tears like she did she made a mistake and she's like I, I don't like this I, I didn't I'm sorry I did this and you know I love I just love the ending where they just fix it all up together and I understand the the pain that Lenny will have. Just the fact that like she's losing her best friend, she's losing her favorite sister, and just uh just the fact that you know we're continuing on with a progress here where you know the Louds are growing up, and I'm just I'm just proud of this episode. Just the fact that like Lori is accepting the fact that she's going to college, and we're all accepting the fact that she's going to college, and that the show is progressing so so smoothly that like everybody's growing up, everyone's growing up a grade. Um, and that, you know, problems do persist when we grow up. So, uh, no doubt this episode really does touch me. The fact that, you know, uh, the, these two sisters, these two sisters that have been, like, hanging out together, roommates together, um, have, to, have to separate from each other, especially um, knowing the fact that Laurie's going to college. So, Laurie may not be back in the Loud House for, for quite some time, but, you know, Lenny's there just to back her up. And 
and yeah, um, it's definitely one of my favorite moments just to see Laurie and Lenny accept the fact that they're about to, you know, that they're about the fact. Sorry, let Laurie and Lenny are, um, you know, agreeing with the fact that that they're splitting up, they're they're separating from the Loud House. Um, that Lenny is gonna be in a room by herself while Laurie is gonna be having fun in college. So yeah, <laughs> definitely one of my favorite moments here. Yeah, I, I like those moments as well, but. I think my personal favorite moment is from Face the Music because um, I think we talked about this in Akasa Live way back when uh, we started those. But I, I grew up having a lot of public speaking issues and everything. So to find out she has those same kinds of issues and uh, scares that, that I do, it, it made me feel more into the character of Ronnie Ann than before. And uh, now I really do like her more than ever because of that one episode. So that's my favorite moment because it just kind of made me feel more close to her as a character. That's awesome. Yeah, definitely. Um, I do like the fact that um, these Casa Grandes episodes, um, both from season four and from the Casa Grandes spinoff itself, I do love how... um, you know, they portray Ronnie Ann having these insecurities, like more of these insecurities uh, outside of her crush on Lincoln. Um, and one of them is, of course, stage fright. Yeah, and right. it definitely shows a lot in Face the Music. You know, you know, it, it kind of relates to us, just the fact that, you know, some of us, you know, we have stage fright. And it shows in Ronnie Ann's case with stage fright and stuff. So I, I can understand. I can understand that, uh, how you, it can relate to you, man. Okay, um, last question, and then we'll go on to season five. Uh, your favorite character, and I, I'm just going to combine these. Uh, your favorite character when your character, favorite character with most development. Like, who do you think developed the most throughout the season? Um, uh, oh, man. Uh, that's quite a lot to say, actually. Um, good to think. <laughs> um, it's actually really tough. It's really tough, yeah. I guess I'll go first. Um, it could be both, right? Because I could totally... I have to say um, Lori Loud. I mean, most developed and my favorite. Obviously my favorite, just because she's Lori Loud. <laughs> right. Um, she's my favorite Loud. And the other thing, too, is like just her episodes in season four just tells me that, you know, she's in. she's on the path to college. Like, don't you forget about me. She pretty much accepted the fact that she's going to a golf college. Um, the episode senior moment where she has her senior moments and you see Carol Pingree and you get to see another, uh, you get to see her and her best friends pretty much hanging out and, and having that senior moment where, you know, I understand like Lori's, that wasn't a good episode by the way, but to say the least, like this, it's an episode where like, yeah, I understand you're like, this is the last time you're going to be all hanging out. So why not spend it as much as you can together doing some of the craziest stuff like house parties or, you know. Um, a school prank and things like that. So I, I understand, like Lori's, like in like little insecurity there, where she tries to like do her best and uh, make the best. Sorry, make the senior year la- uh, Make this make her the best. Make it the best senior year for her. And then definitely Coop Dreams, where it kind of like shows that you know her driving off into the sunset. It kind of tells you that her future is pretty much wide open for her. Um, she has a new car. She's you know working for that car. It's just. 
tells you that Lori is just progressing her way up to college, and it, it just makes me proud as a as a Lori fan, just to see her grow up and just to see her like you know become that you become that young individual because like back in season one we get to see her kind of like not the best character she was kind of like mean to a couple of her sisters and Lincoln Loud, but you could see her progress throughout like season two and three and then definitely here in season four when she now grows up and about to, is about to go to college so i must say um laurie most developed and my favorite character she definitely is um definitely does progress as like um she definitely progressed and absolutely like it's adored for me <laughs> i really do like how laurie <laughs> i really do love how laurie was here in this season it's amazing i mean nice dude yeah, honestly, um, now, of course, my favorite character is still Luna Loud, obviously. No surprise to anyone. Luna Loud is, Luna has been, and Luna Loud will always be my favorite character in the show, no doubt. But in terms of who's the most developed uh, this season, now, I would have said Lori, but, like, the thing is, Nate sort of, like, pretty much summed up um, why Lori is the most developed of, of the Loud House. And honestly, if I were to say Lori, then I would just pretty much be repeating or reiterating that everything that uh -huh. Nate said. So honestly, <laughs> I, I'm going to choose the next character who I think got the most development. And of course, it's coincidentally enough, as I talked about th this character and her insecurities, I'm going to choose Ronnie Ann. Ronnie Ann is the best, the best developed in this series to me. And the reason why is because, um, especially with the Casa Grande's arc in the Loud House, it really does uh, show um, how fully fleshed uh, her character has become. Like, the more we see the Casa Grande arc, the more we see of Ronnie and herself. Because when you rewind back to um, the previous three seasons, um, we see Ronnie Ann as more the brash, tough, and um, not very approachable girl, to say the least. However, uh, when she moved to Great Lake City and when she uh, was becoming more and more adapted to Great Lake City and the environment, that's when everything changed for her. That's when uh, she started to um, have her own friends. That's why she chose – that's where she chose to, um, like, help with her family. She's, that's where uh, she chose to bond with her family. Um, that's where um, she uh, thrives through her hobbies like skateboarding and all that stuff. And just, just overall, the lessons that she learns in this episode as well uh, really does help her grow because due to the limits that uh, she had when she was uh, back in Royal Woods, um, um, she hasn't really gone through uh, as much uh, experience with um, life lessons as she has in Great Lake City. Because when you do think about it, in Royal Woods, um, she didn't have much. Uh, she just had um, her brother and her mother um, and then, like, gradually later on, um, she had Lincoln as, um, you know, her friend. Um, but then um, I think what really happens is that um, what helps make Ronigan really significant is just uh, the amount of inspiration that Lincoln has um, over Ronnie and because um, through her friendship with uh, Lincoln, um, she learned to become uh, more friendly and uh, more outgoing. Uh, towards others in Great Lake City. And of course, especially when she befriends Stid, it's just really heartwarming. So the Ronnie Ann we know today, uh, since season four, is vastly different from the Ronnie Ann 
that we've known in season one. So yes, um, while I do think Luna Loud, you know, is always has been and always will be my favorite character, no doubt. Ronnie Anne, I think, is the most developed season four character, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, but like you did, I, you've said a lot of stuff that I would have said because Ronnie Anne is definitely who I would have picked for most developed. But as someone who uh, I, I'm kind of trying to put Ronnie Anne with Casa Grande's, uh, Lincoln is my favorite and my most developed character of the season, mainly because this is the first season that we got, maybe the second, but I'm going to say the first for to prove a point here. Um, this is the first season that we got a lot of different episodes with a lot of different family members. And so that means Lincoln had less time to develop than other seasons. So he had a lot of development as a, as a person and a lot less time than he usually does. Because the first season or two, we can all agree it was the Lincoln house. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> all the things are mostly like focused on are all around him. Right. Yeah, of course, he's a main character, so of course, you know, he's going to get... He's still... To this day, he still gets the most focus for obvious reasons, because he's a main character. However, um, as we see, like, seasons four and five, of course, you know, Lincoln has really developed more and more. Right. And season four, like I said, it kind of chunks that time down that he has time to develop. But in my opinion, he kind of was able to meet more people and become friends with, uh, better friends with people um, and just kind of grow as a person very fast in the uh, time that he was allotted. Now, obviously, we had the um, doozies like him being selfish with Clyde and the Kings of the Con and stuff like that, but we can overlook that when we see his overall perspective. So, in my opinion, Lincoln is Definitely the best developed of the uh, family. Yeah, I um I, I have to say that too. I mean, like it seems that you know I understand like in season four we get less of the focused episode of Lincoln, but to say the least, like um even with the less the less episodes we see of Lincoln in season four, we can see that he's just developing a whole lot more. Even if we don't see him a lot, <laughs> uh, it might be a little ironic, but to say the least, like yeah, I think to say the least, we looks like he's been maturing over in uh, over in season four. Right, I could agree to that. Yeah. Okay, so I mean, we've covered season four. Um, you're on for two seasons, so let's go back to the top of the list and talk about right. season five. What was your favorite episode of season five? Then I'll let you go so first. Far? Oh, <laughs> um, good question, actually, um, because there's quite, you know what, though? I mean, like, even through season five, like where we're at right now, there's quite a lot of episodes that we um, went through. Um, yeah, I think my favorite episode overall, because there's quite a lot to put in. I mean, like Boss, maybe, for example, it definitely shows how Lenny is. I mean, how Lenny becomes Laurie. Uh, becoming the eldest sister of the Loud House. Um, there's also like the there's also say about the spell. Uh, I mean, maybe you might hate it, but to say the least, it helps develop Lincoln as like the person who he wants to be as a magician. Um, 
but my favorite will have to be i think everybody will also agree with me here um schooled would be my most favorite episode um and the thing is that this episode there's just development all over the place like laurie is now in college uh lincoln is you know now in junior high so we get to see him like court like cooperate in what junior high has for lincoln and of course uh, lily is now in preschool and the thing is that i love this episode because it just tells you that we have now progressed into a new chapter for every loud like Every lad has grown up, and you see Lori in college, you see Lincoln in junior high, and you see Lily in uh, preschool. So to say the least, every lad pretty much grew up a year. And you can, and you can see that also in like the, uh, the other uh, episodes in season five, where Lisa is in first grade, um, Lola and Lana are now seven years old. Um, and, you know, this is just a stepping stone of like what what things to come for um, what the Loud House has got for you. And um, I understand that some people may not like how the plot lines are. I mean, I kind of was okay with Lori, you know, and the college dorm thing. I guess she has a problem. But at the same time, like, I understand how Lori is struggling too. Like, yeah, um, Lori may have a tough time being there because it's her first time there. She's a freshman and she may not fit. She's not fitting in compared to, like, how she is at home. This is the reason why she actually went home, just to chill out just to you know get that stress out of her but i love the whole interaction with lincoln and uh, Lori at the end saying that you know Lori learned from lincoln to you know bear with what uh, the changes are and you know lincoln becoming that person that everybody's listening to um and then of course like lincoln trying to co-op the fact that like you know he hates he hated his like pre his first class so he had to go to a different class which had to be in canada and then the fact that lincoln had to like deal with change too so he said that he wanted he was going to deal with it he does like you know uh to the to their to his friends dismay and you know it just tells you that you know lincoln is cooperating and he's she's growing up same with laurie like you know it could be kind of a struggle for her but you know she has to deal with it herself and she's growing up as well and of course lily is like you know you know she's a child the thing is that she she loves to be at home, which makes sense because she's been a baby for pretty much the whole outhouse. Now she's going to preschool, and it wasn't until, like, Lenny tried to t trying to show her, like, well, how, how, how fun preschool is in order for her to actually get into preschool. So, I mean, just a bunch of progression throughout this throughout this episode, and I just loved every single minute of it. Um, just everybody growing up, everybody just... Um, cooperating with the new changes, the new situations that, uh, you know, Lori, Lincoln, and L Lily were in. And it just was my favorite episode for now in season five. And uh, no doubt about it, it was great. Yeah, school's definitely up there for me too. Uh, honestly, um, it, it's, it's, it's definitely up there. Uh, but in terms of... Um, the um, my favorite episode of season five overall. I'm definitely going to say it's actually uh, a particularly different uh, 30 minute episode, and that to me is of course camped. Camped is just a stroke of perfection for me because it's a sweet combination of the adventure aspect, uh, the treasure hunting aspect, uh, and everything else. The the journey, the puzzles, the riddles, and it, it's a combination of that and also the family aspect in which each and every single loud has a role to play in the story. They all contribute to the treasure hunt. And, you know, each and every single one of them has a one way or another, a memorable line or memorable moment. Now, of course, uh, the episode itself is about Lynn Sr.'s childhood camp closing. 
And so um, they soon uncover a map that could lead to a treasure that is just filled with riches. And it could be the key to save this camp. So, of course, they go to a they go to a cave, like they, they go to a skull shaped cave. Um, you know, they just go right ahead. <laughs> oh my god, Lu- Lucy and her dark humor, I just love it. And so, um, like I said before, it's just filled with such mystery, such adventure, the, such a powerful journey that further develops the relationship of the entire family as a whole. I think it's honestly. Um, the best uh, loud family episode, like in terms of how they work as an ensemble, um, uh, because um, it's not just you know none of them feel like filler. Like all of them like serve a purpose to the story. Um, for example, you got Lily uh, digging her way um, into um, the the path. Like she she finds a way, and then of course um, you know. You've got Lisa's geniusness, of course, and um, you, you've, you've got uh, Lincoln himself finding the map, uh, of course, in the first place. Uh, you got Lucy um, doing a really dark pun, which, um, you know, I, I find it really hilarious um, because you could tell that, yeah, that pun, yeah, she's definitely Luann's sister. And also, of course, the most memorable moment, the most iconic moment, Luna Loud singing Row, Row Your Boat. It's such a Beautiful. It's such a beautiful Luna Loud way. She is a queen of rock and roll, baby. Row, row, row your boat gently down the street. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and and like like I said, um, the journey itself is just so grand because not only does it help when the animation, the, like the landscape animation, it's just so majestic to look at with the, the nature stuff and everything, but also it's the fact that um, it's pretty much um, uh, pretty much um, one pathway to another. It's one riddle, uh, solving one riddle uh, on top of another. It's um, pretty much getting into um, like like first going into a cave, then going um, then having to wrap through a river, and then um, going down to uh, for uh, Lynn Senior's dad, who um, pretty much comes to the rescue to save them. Um, you know, and and of course, um, I've always loved to see uh, Lynn Senior's dad, obviously, and uh, I I love the fact that we finally get to see him here, where he plays a significant role in the plot too. Like he's not just a throwaway uh, for to reveal, oh look, it's the dad of Lynn Senior. No, he actually plays a role in this as well. Um, you know, Gramps plays a role in this role as well, and um, and of course, um, it's. They succeed in saving the camp, of course, and um, but then um, like, and then Leonard realizes that he could take over as the new scoutmaster, um, and so pretty much uh, the camp is saved, and it ends with Lynn Senior and his dad crying it all emotions, like oh I miss you, I miss you. So I was like, and I thought to myself, yep, I I agree with the louds, like they totally are related. Oh, and also, I gotta give the episode huge props for using Flip in small doses. Like, like Flip could have ruined this episode by making him the antagonist or the obstacle that stands in the way, but no, they only used him as a, you know, one-minute gag. It's an unfunny gag, but just, you appear for one minute and that's it. So, major props to that. So, 
overall, for these reasons and much more, Camped is my favorite season five episode. And like it's it's now become my favorite 30-minute episode. I just adored it so much. Yeah. I, I'm actually on the um camp train. I know it just came out. Um but you know, I'm I'm on the uh bandwagon of camp because it it's I can st- I watch it every day at this point. It feels like because it's just so such a good episode. But in in an attempt to stay individualistic with mine, I'm gonna say that my favorite was um, in in a really weird way. No bus, no fuss. Because yeah. because um, it kind of teaches a whole. Lesson, lesson on uh, bullying, and that's—it's—I've never said this online before, but I was—I think I actually have, but I was relentlessly bullied in middle school for no real reason. So uh, to see an episode raise awareness on bullying, it always will kind of sit on my good side because it just because I dealt with it for so long, and I'm such a proponent to remove it from society. So to have an episode like this about uh, getting back at bullies, it just kind of makes me happy to see. So that's why I that's was an easy choice to pick my favorite episode of the season. You know, it's up there as one of my favorites too. Yeah, honestly. And dude, I totally feel you, man, because I was bullied in middle school myself. So I could totally relate, man. So I'm kind of like that episode just because Lincoln like stood up to the bullies and it's like, oh my God, a proud moment for Lincoln Loud. <laughs> right. They'd be liking a whole lot. <laughs> he did what I didn't have the courage to do and that's that made me so proud of him. Mm-hmm. Badass Lincoln, man. Badass Lincoln. Do you see that image of him where um, actually, with his hands actually, on his hips and staring down at the bullies? Like, love it. And yeah. The thing is that it, it's just more of like Lincoln, like, you know, standing up and even like leading the whole uh, bus, the, the whole people, the whole crew of people who are in that bus who got bullied too. Like they said, like, we're not going to stand for this. So, yeah, I would say definitely a big progression for Lincoln, especially from this episode. Definitely. Right. Uh, so next question. Uh, this doesn't seem like a fair question, honestly, because the season isn't over, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Least favorite episode of what we've gotten so far. Um, Omi, you go first. I oh, think I already know what, what it is. Yes. And let me tell you something, okay? This isn't just my least favorite season five episode. This is honestly my least favorite uh, episode of The Loud House, like, in general. Like, period. And, of course, what I am talking about, as you all know, Blinded I by Science. Yep, I knew Blinded it. <laughs> by Science. It is a complete... It is a complete atrocity of an episode. I honestly can't believe that this got through like the the writing process. Like it, it the moment the script was written was read, like honestly, it should have been tossed into the bin. Like it was just so awful. Because um, here's the thing. Now, at first in the first two seasons, I'm gonna be honest, Flip was eh, I, I didn't mind him all that much. He was still gross and stuff. Like, but here's the thing. At least in the first two seasons, even though they're not written as well as season four and five, at least there in those seasons, they use Flip sparingly. But however, recently, he really, 
really overstays his welcome. And it's gone to a point where whenever we see a scene of Flip, we as the audience just, you know, roll our eyes and I'm just, we're just like, oh, this guy again. And, like, I mentioned before that he's nothing serves as nothing more than a plot device um, to serve as, you know, forced conflict for the loud. So I'm just going to delve um, into this episode overall. Um, now, now, here's the thing. Like, when I saw that it was a Lisa and Flip duo, I thought to myself, uh, why? How does that work? Honestly, you could have had um, anyone play being Flip shoes. You could have had any other secondary character share an episode with Lisa, and they would have had much more chemistry. Hello, we need a Darcy episode, for God's sake. Um, also, um, you could have had um, another episode with Pop-Up. I know we've had Jerry Antics, but honestly... Lisa and Pop-Up do have legit chemistry. I, I actually want to see more episodes with them. Um, honestly, even Mr. Grouse, another John DiMaggio character, would have uh, been much more better suited to share an episode with Lisa as opposed to Blip. And, oh my god, like, um, especially after the, especially starting with the convention a scene where Lisa shows Blip off, Oh my god, it is just revolting to watch. It is just so, like, honestly, it's one of those times where I, I had to pretty much, I was very tempted to just cover my eyes until this whole convention scene was over. It was just aggravating because, like, like they show, they show how not only uh, is he gross, like, overall, but, like, he looks physically gross. Like, what even is he? He's, he's not even human. He's, he's a mutant. He's def he's definitely muted. He's he's a creature. Like it, how is how does he have these, you know, physical, you know, physical I, I don't know, physical features, like a heart to the stomach instead of the heart to the chest. Like, how does that even work? How does that even work? And now here's the most insulting thing. And the most insulting thing is when Lisa um, for some reason, decides to go and save Flip but being an experiment and being sent to the outer space. I'm just like, why? Why? After all Flip has done to you guys, you seriously want to go out of your way, you seriously want to spend, waste so much of your precious time um, trying to save someone who left you to freeze to death in Burpenburger, who blackmailed you into serving his every whim, and who pretty much has hasn't really done anything to really deserve your help, like, at all. Like, honest, honestly, I feel like this is just a way... This episode, honestly, um, this episode is also very manipulative. And what I mean by manipulative is that the episode tries to force you to sympathize with a creature who has done nothing but harm to the characters that we love, who has done nothing good to them at, at all, um, who has pretty much given us no reason to care about him at all. It's ridic it's ridiculous, you know? And, and like, and of course, that, that scene where, you know, Lisa um, pretty much tells the scientists, you know, oh, don't hurt him. He's only, he's only human. It's like, Lisa, you're the genius of all this. Come on. I call bull crap. There's no, there's no way that, you know, you, you would actually do this, like, for someone who you don't even have a good connection with, honestly. Honestly, if I were Lisa, I, I would just, I would just leave Flip to rock and just, just, just like, leave him to blast him out all the, off all the way to Mars so that he could never do any harm to any p people, person on Earth ever again. 
Honestly, I sort of feel bad for the Martians who have to deal with this crap. Um, just as a heads up, though, I think Lisa was actually kind of, I don't know, I like, I don't know how the ending went, but I know that they actually, like, I believe killed those scientists. <laughs> uh, I don't know I'm how not, they got I'm away like, that. No, I was ruined for the scientists. Honestly, the scientists were, were pretty much doing us. They're doing, pretty much doing where what's the biggest favor of their lives by trying to blast flip off into outer space, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> you should you should have you should have held them as heroes if that was the case, but nah, <laughs> they're the ones who actually went to space. Uh, fortunately, um, uh, so well, you're done, right, Obi? Yes, honestly, I could go on and on, but honestly, this episode was just so atrocious it doesn't deserve any more any second of more of my time. So yeah, I'm gonna pass on. Is that that we're gonna like uh, take more time here? <laughs> um. So actually, there were quite a couple episodes that I thought was like pretty disappointing. Um, but I think my most, I think my most disappointed uh, episode for season five, and it's another thirty-minute episode. But um, I would have to agree with everybody here who hated Ghosted because look, look, I, I come into this episode like it kind of feels like the same way like Kings of the Con in season four, where like oh, it's about a convention, it's all about like. Like the like the louds being in the convention, you know, being in cosplay and stuff, and I thought that would be cool. But no, instead of it's a selfish uh, episode between Lincoln and Clyde. This time around, it's ghosted. It's more like, oh, this is going to be an episode about Lori in her first time in college. Awesome, but really, just a haunting of a ghost, and Lori's just absolutely scared about that. Like that she so she was able to like pull her hair apart. I'm like, uh, really? We're going through that route? And it's kind of like a psychological. It's kind of like a like a weird thing too because like okay i guess in the loud house ghosts exist and they also make you cheat in golf and i'm like i play golf this doesn't happen well what are you what are you trying to do here to me here it kind of was insulting to me just the fact that like they're trying to say ghosts actually help you in golf and i'm like no it doesn't but the other thing too is that it's just disappointing to see Lori like this because like yeah this is supposed to be a college setting where you you know get to see you know Things happen in college where people have to study. People, you know, hang out with their college buddies, have a fun time in college. Instead, we get to see like Lori practice, and Lori gets spooked by a ghost that she needed to bring Lincoln and Clyde over. Um, and I thought that was like, okay, like Lori, this is kind of like desperate, desper desperation that you actually had to bring like Lincoln and Clyde over. I mean, this could be a thing that you can also handle too. But I can understand like the pain that Lori has, like. Dude, it's a ghost that I that she's like literally pulling my hair out. So she, she, I, I also was also kind of offended the fact that like Lori called Clyde first, and I'm like, wait, 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 aren't you just supposed to call Lincoln? So I'm guessing the Lincoln Lincoln Lori like sibling relationship here is not happening, and you actually call Clyde, but she, which is like a good news and bad news because it's like, oh, okay, so the Lincoln Lori thing is like Lincoln Lori like sibling relation is not like clear anymore. But the other thing, too, is that Lori's actually more comfortable calling Clyde. So I'm like, okay, so at least Clyde's not, like, having a bloody nose anymore or, like, spooking out whenever she talks to Lori. So that improved. Um, so, yeah, it could be, like, it could be either or in that. But either way, um, yeah, you had Lincoln and Clyde pretty much help out with the ghost. And then apparently you have to bring the ghost back that you had to, that you actually had to bring, um, what was it, Lucy and the siblings to... Uh, sorry, Lucy and um, the Morticians Club to also come in to bring in the ghost, and I'm like, that 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 part there was like kind of unnecessary. I kind of thought that if they actually took that out, it would be better off as a 15 minute episode. Um, but if they but they put in Lucy and the Morticians Club, and that one, I was like, okay, so we're pretty much like getting rid of the ghost and bringing it back, and it's like, 
okay, so it's pretty much repetitive. We're actually taking back a ghost. So it's like, what's the point of actually getting rid of it? Uh, but uh, it, it was just absolutely confusing. Um, it just made me disappointed, the fact that, like, Lori, you know, needed, like, some help to, to, to deal with a ghost. The only proud moment in the episode, though, was the fact that she actually, like, put her ground and actually, like... To, to, like went face to face with the ghost, kind of telling me like they didn't. He didn't. She didn't need Lucy as much. She didn't need Lincoln as much. So like that whole segment of those guys helping Lori was kind of like unnecessary. But at the end, um, yeah, it, it's like Lori went to the tournament. It, it, the, the whole episode itself is just disappointing. I mean, really, we're going to be talking about ghosts. I thought we're going to be talking about like something with Lori actually in college, like struggling or something. If we have the episode like that, then I understand. That we're going, we're we're having a progression. We're having progression with Laurie actually like doing well and like having struggles in college, which makes sense because it can be relative to people who actually went through college. But yeah, a ghost episode like this, it's like no un unnecessary, um, not so weird. Really, not my favorite kind of way to actually show Laurie in a college setting like that. And yeah, um, nothing much to say there. I, like I said, it was just disappointing. Um, for for a special like that. Yeah, um Ghosted in my opinion, I don't hate it. Not my least favorite episode by any means. But I do agree that it could have had a lot of thing better about it. But I, I'm I'm not gonna put it in the um least favorite episode column. And I mean Blinded by Science is by far my least favorite episode of the season. But since Omid already kind of covered all those points, uh, I, I'm going to say that I'm not a big fan of, um, can't remember the name. i got to find it again in my list. Flying Solo. Clyde, yeah. Clyde kind of, mainly because Clyde kind of was a jerk about um, Lincoln getting that spot. And he didn't need to do what he did. And just kind of try and make Lincoln lose his voice. That That's not a good friend thing to do. Kinda. Right. I, I think that's one word that should be omitted as kinda. No, he nah, really was a jerk. Just a, no, just that episode is more like, oh, Cl uh, Clyde, you're, you're really jealous of your best friend. You, this is not what best friends do. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. It's just not yeah. a good look for him i guess that's the way i should put it yeah honestly like 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 flying solo did have the potential to work like flying solo did have the potential to stand out especially due to asher bishop's singing talents honestly that's one of the best things about this episode like just asher bishop really steals the show for me but it's just like the writing of clyde and like how Clyde was just so unlikable in this episode just left a bad taste in my mouth. Just really bad. Yeah, they could have done that episode a whole lot better, especially with how they promoted it. It was promoted as a really good episode, and then they changed it. And by the time the episode aired, it kind of changed to leave a bad taste in my mouth as well. Hmm. Um, so the next question I have, this is going to be the last question I ask on season five, because I don't want to talk about development with the season not even over yet, but mm -hmm. so far, what is your favorite moment of the season? Oh, um, you want to go first with me? Cause I'm, I'm still thinking about mine. 
a favorite moment of the season. I, you know what? I'm actually still thinking about it too, honestly. Um, <laughs> funny enough. Uh, I mean, actually, quick... oh, go ahead. No, I, I'm still thinking about. I'm still thinking about it too. Um, I kind of want to leave the floor to you, Nate, uh, before I go. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Um... I have to say, we, we could go back to school and pretty much say, like, everybody growing up. Um, I think that was still, like, my favorite moment, just to have everybody, like, all grow up, um, going to the different environments, um, just, you know, have letting them all handle their situations. So, um, again, uh, my favorite moment would have to be in the whole entire episode of school, just everybody growing up and trying to deal with their problems and, you know, cooperating with the fact that they're now in you know, in a different, in different environments and just, just everything in that episode. So yeah, favorite moment, just seeing the progression of the Loud House growing up. You know, um, I I think that um, one of the things that just came to mind, um, honestly, this is from the same episode that you were just talking about, uh, which is going to be schooled. And honestly, the moment that stuck out to me was when Lincoln was giving a speech to his friends. He was telling his friends that, um, of course, like since it's a new environment for him, um, he has to learn to adapt to uh, a new environment like a Canadian school. But he does promise that they'll be friends forever. And so, um, so you see, Lori, like she she overheard what Lincoln just said, and this pretty much inspired her um, to go to back to Ferro University and try to adapt to her new environment as well, uh, just like Lincoln chose to adapt to his new environment. And uh, after Lincoln's friends leave, um, Lori then thanks Lincoln for what he said, and she hugs him, like, they they get a hug, and, like, that entire scene, like, really cements how strong and deep of a bond that Lori and Lincoln's sibling relationship is. Honestly, um, I've, I've heard a lot of people say that like Lori, like Lincoln has, out of all the siblings, like Lori, one of the strongest relationships that Lincoln has with the sister is Lori. And because of scenes like this, I could definitely see why they would say that. I could definitely, most certainly, even agree upon that. Um, because, um, because for once, like it's Lincoln teaching Lori a life lesson, whereas um, throughout um, throughout their whole lives it was Lori who was uh, teaching Lincoln some lessons. Like, it's nice to see that, um, like, Lincoln teaches Lori something for a change. Yeah, that's that's a good moment. I, I like that one a lot, actually. Um, now, mine, personally, I think I'm going to say, is from uh, Calpie Kid. Overall, just the episode of uh, Lynn and Liam. I didn't expect that chemistry to work but i liked it that chemistry a lot um having them work together to do what they did in the episode it was really nice and i guess i could go ahead and say in the same breath i could say uh the uh lynn and lisa episode those lynn had some unlikely chemistries in this season so far and i'm i'm all here for them that one was like really touching. Just the fact that like you know, this, I never expect Lisa to actually have some emotional moments, and this one in Friday Night Fights uh, definitely did uh, tell me that Lisa is not really all a genius. She can also have a heart too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It shows how like Lisa 
um, even though she's the smartest um, kid in the loud, um, just because she's the smartest doesn't mean that she'll have her own flaws to work on. Doesn't mean that she'll have her own mistakes to work on as well. Right. It shows that even people like her are humans and have human tendencies. Definitely. But uh, like I said, I'm not going to really ask the last question I asked for season four because season five's not over yet, and it'd be quite unfair to ask that. So that's it. That is all I have for both of these seasons. Thanks for coming on. Oh, well, definitely. Thank you very much for inviting us, Seren, and to be a part of your podcast, man. It was fun. Uh, yeah, thanks so much. Thank you so much for having us, Seren. Like, like honestly, it was such an honor and such a pleasure and so much fun to talk about uh, Loud House Seasons 4 and 5 with you, man. It, it was fun. I'm glad, like I said at the beginning, I'm glad we finally didn't have to reschedule anything and finally got to sit down and do this. Uh, before we go, do you have anything else either of you want to promote? Um, yeah. So, yeah, uh, my name is Nate. I'm the admin of the fan page of The Loud House. If you guys want to um, check out uh, all things about The Loud House at the Casa Grandes, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at fanpageoftlh. Um, you can also check out our YouTube as well. It's youtube.com slash fanpageoftheloudhouse. Uh, we always have our Loud Casa talks there, um, which is our podcast that we always do. Uh, we also do episode reviews uh, for The Loud House and the Casa Grandes once they come out. So, Check it out there. Um, and if you listen to, if you're a podcast listener, make sure you listen to our podcast. We're pretty much everywhere um, on app on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Spotify, Anchor, and all and wherever you listen to podcasts. Just make sure you look for the Loud Casa Talks, and we'll be able to. And that's pretty much our podcast there. Uh, and if you want to like go to my personals, um, my I I have Twitter and Instagram, and they're both uh, at Nate B three nine double seven. Um, as for myself, um, now I have a Twitter and Instagram myself, um, and in my Twitter, I pretty much post up some of my fan art that I do, uh, some of my promo art that I do, and, um, I also post up, um, my brief thoughts on Loud House of Casa Grande's episodes, as well as cartoon episodes, and some of my brief thoughts about some movies here and there, and, you know, my, my Twitter username is uh, at Omid Iramanish, at O-M-I-D-I-R-A-N-M-A-N-E-S-H. And I also have Instagram as well, um, where I pretty much post up about um, the Perler art that I do, as well as uh, some fun moments, fun memories with families and friends. And, you know, since I'm a bit of a foodie myself, I like to post some stuff about, you know, new foods I would try, so that that too. Um, it's Omid Manish, O-M-I-D M-A-N-E-S-H. Thanks. Thank you all so much. Again, thanks for coming on. Um, that's it. Thanks for uh, listening. This is uh, I had predictions saying that this will be the longest of the five and they were by far right. Um, I'm glad that they, I'm glad that they were right because uh, none of the others managed to track an hour. So we cracked over an hour. Oh wow! <laughs> Time flies when you're having fun. We had a lot to talk about. <laughs> yeah, we did. We had a lot. We had a lot because season four and five. If you think about it, like they're so eventful. There's they leave so much of an impact on the show. So like they deserve like 
as much of the time that we that they got uh, of us talking about it. So yeah, yeah. Well, that's gonna do it. Uh, thanks for listening. <laughs>